you're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Paradise. Hello my radio friends, I'm glad you've joined me today for another in the series, Give Me the Bible. The Bible, as you might know, is God's word to humankind and provides us with information that impacts our lives, past, present and future. Although the Bible is God's word, some people cherry pick and are only interested in the parts they like. Others have a shallow understanding of the Bible's precious truths, and still others misapply the meanings. The end result is often error or a wrong understanding. The Bible itself tells how it should be studied. We find this in Isaiah chapter 28 verses 9 and 10. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. In other words, to have a mature understanding of God's word, it is necessary to compare what it says about a particular subject from as many places as possible before coming to a conclusion. I fear that many Christians who claim to believe the Bible have a very cursory and immature understanding of it. Moreover, I think there are ministers in some churches who don't know the Bible very well and as a result, may lead their congregations into error. Today, I want to share with you an issue about the future. I strongly feel that many otherwise sincere people have been led astray regarding this issue because of shallow theology and incomplete study. It's about paradise. So where does the idea of paradise come from? There are three references that use the word paradise in the Bible. The first is found in Luke 23:43. The second is in 2 Corinthians 12:4, and the third in Revelation 2:7. Before we look at these texts, we should define what the term paradise means. There are two main understandings of this term. The first mean meaning is simply heaven. In other words, paradise means heaven, the place where God dwells. The second understanding is more obscure 
and is of dubious origins. Paradise is said to be a holding place where the righteous dead go before going to heaven. But there's quite a bit of confusion over this topic and it needs to be cleared up. It is my strong opinion that the holding place concept has its origins in the Roman Catholic traditional teaching of purgatory. This teaching, along with the holding place paradise concept, is firmly based in a lie told by Satan in the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve. The lie was in contradiction to what God had said. God had said that if Adam and Eve sinned, they would die. But Satan said they would not die. So who was right, God or Satan? Well, Adam and Eve are dead. But the lie told by Satan has continued on and on through the ages and with many cultures. It is a commonly held belief that after a person dies, he or she goes to heaven or hell or paradise, or in the case of the Roman Catholics, to purgatory. Too bad for what God said. He said sinners would die. But man who swallowed Satan's lie that at death the body ceases to function, but the spirit goes off to some other place. Supposedly, according to one theory, Christians go straight to heaven when they die. According to the other theory, Christians go to paradise, a so-called holding place for the saved until the judgment is completed and Jesus returns to earth. So what does the Bible really say about what happens when someone, say a Christian, dies? One of the most definitive statements is found in Ecclesiastes 12.7, where it says, Then shall the dust, that is the dead body, return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. So then, we must determine what the Spirit is. According to the holding place theory, the Spirit is the intellect, the mind, if you like, and it supposedly goes to an intermediate place called paradise and is held there for safekeeping by God until later events when it is connected to a body. But the spirit is the life. Life is given by God since God is the life giver. The spirit is not thoughts, the mind or the intellect. It is life. If the spirit is the thoughts, the intellect or the mind, then we have to consider the implications of a contradiction. Because in Psalms 146 verse 4, the Bible plainly says regarding death, 
His breath goes forth, he returns to the earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. Oops! Supposedly, if the spirit is the mind, the thoughts should continue, but the Bible plainly says the thoughts perish at death. And then there's another verse in Psalms 115, verse 17. It says, The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. Surely, if the dead Christians are in a holding place protected by God until the time of the judgment is finished and Jesus comes back to earth to collect the saints, they should be full of praise to God. But the Bible says they do not praise the Lord. The idea that the saved dead go to a holding place named paradise is certainly not supported by the scriptures I just read to you. At death, the thoughts perish, and there is no praise. So then, where do people get the idea of paradise as a holding place? As was mentioned earlier, there are three texts referring to, referred to in an attempt to justify the holding place paradise position. The first one from Luke 23:43. Jesus is speaking to the thief on the cross, that is, the thief who acknowledged him as the Christ, and who exclaimed, Jesus, Lord, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth today, you will be with me in paradise. Soon after that, Jesus died. He was taken down from the cross and laid in a tomb. He remained in the tomb all Saturday, the seventh day of the week. Early on the first day of the week, he rose from the dead, as you would probably know. That same morning, Mary Magdalene, distressed over the morning's events, approached Jesus in the garden, mistakenly thinking he was the gardener, and asked where Jesus was. When she realised that she was talking to Jesus, he cautioned her not to touch him, for I have not returned to my father, he said. And you can read that in John 20, verse 17. So was Jesus in paradise on Friday after he died? If he had been, then he would have been with God the Father. But Jesus said that he had not yet been with the Father. And then there's another question. When did the thief die? We're not told, but we do know that his legs were broken just before the end of the day as he was still alive. The legs were broken for two reasons. Firstly, to prevent an unlikely escape during the night, and secondly, to speed up death. If Jesus was not in paradise, how could the thief be in paradise with him that day? No, 
There is something weird going on here. If Jesus said to the thief that he would be in paradise with him when he himself was not there. The most plausible answer is that the original Greek and Hebrew scriptures were written with no punctuation marks. In the translations, the translators had to put in punctuation marks, but in this verse, they put the comma in the wrong place. It should have been put after the word today instead of in front of it. Then the statement would read, I say unto you today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus made a promise that day, Friday, that the thief would eventually be with him in heaven with him. Not right then, but later on. Understood that way, there is no contradiction and no confusion. And we'll have a little break and we'll go on afterwards.
The second Bible reference used to support the holding place paradise theory is from 2 Corinthians 12, verses 3 and 4. The Apostle Paul wrote this, And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body I do not know, but God knows, was caught up into paradise. He heard inexpressible things that man is not permitted to tell. The Apostle Paul was probably writing about Stephen, who was given a vision of heaven just before he was stoned to death. And you can read about that in Acts 7, verses 54 to 56. You will probably notice that Paul names the place as paradise, whereas in the account in Acts it says heaven. Paradise therefore refers to heaven, not to some other place, as some people would like to believe. Now the third reference used to support the theory of paradise as a holding place for the righteous dead is found in Revelation 2 verse 7. It says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The holding place supporters maintain that the spirits of the righteous dead go to paradise, right? But the verse I just read to you talks about the overcomers eating in paradise. Do spirits eat? No, of course not. A body is necessary to eat, just as Jesus showed after the resurrection when he ate a piece of broiled fish in the presence of his disciples and told the disciples to touch him so they could see for themselves that he was real and not just a spirit. Now, you may have noticed from the text from Revelation that the tree of life is in paradise. In Revelation 22 and the first two verses, the tree of life is to be found in the New Jerusalem, the holy city where God lives in heaven. So the text used to support the holding place paradise theory is, when one examines it more carefully, is a wrong idea. It concerns me that so many sincere and well-meaning people have swallowed the paradise theory hook, line and sinker. It is not biblical and it has its roots in Catholic mysticism. It is similar to the Catholic doctrine of purgatory which is part of Catholic tradition known as the Majestica, which, by the way, Catholics regard as more important and having more authority than the Bible. Catholic scholars have attempted to give credence to the purgatory idea by trying to support it from the Bible. I've read what they've come up with, and it is not plausible. 
In fact, in my opinion, although written by people who are acclaimed as scholars, what they have written undermines them as educated men. They might as well have tried to get supporting evidence for the purgatory idea from a recipe book for pastries and pies. It would have given as much support as they tried to make out from the Bible. The concept of purgatory is based around the idea that when someone, a Catholic, dies, there are some lesser sins described as venial sins that had never been forgiven. Therefore, they say, it is necessary for those sins to be forgiven. The living relatives and friends are then required to pray for those who are in the place called purgatory, to make confession for their sins and purge them from those remaining sins. I might also add that the church is quite happy to receive monetary payments so that the purging process can be hurried along. Then the dead, well, <laughs> the not really dead, who are in purgatory attain a greater state of perfection due to the efforts by others on their behalf. When they finally reach the point when there are no sins left to forgive and they've become perfect, they may come into the presence of God and live happily ever after. You know, the idea of purgatory promotes salvation by works. In this case, the works of friends and relatives. But the Bible fiercely states that salvation is a gift, a gift by our gracious God. Salvation is by grace through faith. The holding place paradise theory is part of, but is slightly different, to the Catholic doctrine, and some Protestants retain this idea. Like many of those kind of beliefs, it is mystical and obscure, and I cannot accept it. My faith is based on clear statements from the Word of God, statements that are supported by the rest of Scripture, statements that make sense and don't plunge my mind into dark and unexplained mysteries. I want to say it clearly. Paradise is heaven, not some other mystical holding place. When people die, they do not disappear to some holding place, waiting for the return of Jesus. When people die, they cease to function. They are totally inert. It is nonsense to suggest that God would need to provide a special place to keep the saints until a time of his choosing, because he already has one. It's called the grave. It is a deceptive teaching that paradise is a special holding place for the departed spirits of God's people. What goes back to God is life.
or breath. It is a deceptive teaching that when someone dies, they go on living in another form. Dear friends, I want you to know that both outside and in the church there are false teachings and I don't want you to be sucked in to these apparently innocent teachings that will lead you astray. At the same time, I want you to know that what is of prime importance is that you accept the sacrifice of Jesus for your sins and that you live to honour him. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And you can find that in 2 Timothy 2.15. Yes, it's important that you know what God's word says and don't get sucked in by such false teachings as this heinous holding place paradise theory. Well, on that note, we'll have to stop today. And until next time, I wish you a right understanding of Scripture and I wish you God's blessings and peace and joy.